Welcome to Perfume Inc., a woman's discipleship podcast for spiritual growth and developing a more intimate relationship with God through the fragrance of His Word. Each show highlights fragrances that attract blessings or repel favor. Receive fragrance tips based on biblical principles and take part in Perfume Capris, inspirational testimonies of how God has showed up and showed out. Praise breaks included. Here's your host, author, speaker, and entrepreneur, Robin Smith. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Go ahead and give glory to his name, to the King of Kings. He is worthy to be praised. Welcome to Perfume Inc. This is episode six, segment one. Our fragrance of the day is pride. Now, pride is what I consider to be a black market scent that we should avoid at all costs. Because pride is one of those scents that has a foul odor. It produces a stank attitude and that mean Christian demeanor. And it is almost always a default for a missed blessing. So how do we look? Are we really representing the kingdom of God inside and outside of that church building? I mean, what do most people think of when they have this image of what a Christian is? Do you think they see a difference between really like us and them? Is there more negativity than positivity in our society when it comes to looking at what a Christian is supposed to be? And I say that because we're supposed to be rocking the fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, faith, gentleness, joy. And that goes to say that because we are supposed to be doing such, everything doesn't deserve a response. We are too pretty to be petty. And when I say too pretty, I mean, yes, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. But I'm talking about that beautiful, gentle spirit, okay? The one that God desires, the one that God is like, oh my gosh, she's absolutely amazing. Because there are just some things that are beneath us simply because of who we are. In Proverbs chapter 26 and 4, it reads that we should not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. So what's an example of that? Arguing the word, debating the word of God. It's not up for debate. That ain't an argument. It is what it is to accept it or reject it. There is no gray area or maybe I can do this and maybe it should be like that. And actually it's no, it's clearly defined in the word of God of what his word says. And we don't deviate from that. And neither do we have a determination to have that last word and want to be loud and seen and clapping back or intervening in somebody else's affairs or being gossipy, all these things are trivial pursuits and they are exhausting because if we are too pretty to be petty, we got other things to be doing. We're supposed to be kingdom business, right? Kingdom minded. And Apostle Paul makes it clear that believers, rather disciples, are to be minding their own business, you get a blessing from just minding your own business, your own affairs. Because when we don't, we aren't any better than the fool. 
And I say that we're just too pretty to be petty as palace daughters to be playing in all that dirt. And as a daughter of God, there's no engagement of these that's not a mark on our character. And I mean that it's not a mark on our characters like being weak or um, like being less than. It's the complete opposite. It actually displays the strength that we have, the glory that we have shining through us, and most certainly our dependence on God and confidence that the Holy Spirit is going to continue to lead us, you know, in righteousness. So our time, our energy, our peace, all that is a commodity and all that is supposed to be used toward kingdom business. You following what I'm saying? All right, let's be too pretty to be petty. Segment two, reject the gospel. What? How dare they? Now, a disciple is a follower of Christ, and we know that he or she is on a continuous journey to learn, to learn what it is about taking up the cross and following God, following Jesus, just being all in, living as an example of what the good news has done in our lives. And we're supposed to be sharing that good news with others. But what about when you have shown and shared the gospel and they reject it? Ouch. They reject it like you the problem or you take it personally. Well, at that point, you have two options. We have two options. Well, number one, you can have a instant reaction. Like, how are you going to reject Jesus? And, you know, you just start to press in, get in their face. You push in scripture. You start speaking in tongues and all that. Or, or this one, oh, you're going to go to hell. You know what I'm saying? All that is, is, is straight reaction. Or we could have the response like Jesus from Matthew chapter 10, verse 14, where he said, And whosoever will not receive you, nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Mm-hmm. But let's go deeper with that shaking the dust off the feet. We need context for that one. So we're going to have to go back to uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 13, where it reads, If the home is worthy... Let your peace rest on it. But if it is not, let your peace return to you. And then we'll go back to 14. And whosoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust off your feet. Now, what does that mean? Well, shaking the dust off the feet was an act of indignation. It was like a um, it was like a protest, if you will, against those who didn't receive. And those who didn't receive then were considered to be below, like below the disciples, like below, like on a level with heathens and idolaters and all these other vile people. And it also meant it was also an act of declining any further contact or connection. So it was like unfollowing somebody, unliking something, deleting somebody out your phone, you know, in modern terms today. It was just simply that. I've done what I had to do. I said what I had to say. You didn't want to receive it. You reject it. That's on you. We don't need to talk anymore. It is what it is. Now, there are some other references to that because this is what uh, the disciples did. And you can see that in Acts chapter 13, verse 51 or Acts chapter 18, verse 6, for an additional reference. Now, we should be witnesses, okay? This is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be reconciling people to the ministry of reconciliation to the gospel, to God. 
However, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you to whomever needs to hear it. And here's what I mean by that. One plants, one waters, but you know God gonna make it grow. So just take this for example. Walk with me now. Statistically and naturally in the world of business, it takes a person seeing something like seven to 10 times before making a decision to purchase. So when you're at home and just because you see you're watching uh, football on Sunday, it's a million and one commercials like with some kind of drink with Pepsi or uh, it should be like some kind of athletic clothing or a sneaker. Somebody's always pushing marketing to the umpteenth degree because a certain game is on or because a certain special is on. But just because you've seen that one or two times, is that really going to persuade you to go ahead and make the decision, make that purchase? Probably not, though. But it literally takes somebody seven to ten times of seeing something over and over and over again in the message before making a decision to act on that. And I would say, so it is, like on the spiritual side of the house, you may be the sixth person to actually plant another seed about the good news of the gospel. Or you may be that 10th person to go ahead and pour more water on that seed. And here's what I mean with that. So if you like the sixth person to plant the seed and they rejected you, right? Take a moment to actually reflect and think, okay, I don't know where I am. With planting this seed, but I do know that it could have been maybe the first time they heard the gospel, it was as a kid. Maybe they did grow up in the church. I don't know. The second time, they could have heard it with grandma. You know, maybe she was in a hospital or something and somebody said a, a prayer. Um, the third time, it could have been on a late night infomercial or commercial with late night preaching and there was a a call for the appeal to be saved, to get your life re- or to get their lives rededicated. The fourth time could have actually came from them having an invitation from a family, from a friend, from a coworker, whatnot, to actually go see a resurrection play at church or a church play. Uh, the fifth time it could have been just a reference to scripture or a reference to the gospel in a movie, and then here you come on the sixth attempt. And all these attempts is, are, is, is God, okay? This is the Holy Spirit, okay? It is God who draws them, all right? So it's your turn. It's being that sixth person. You're planting another seed, all right? And then, okay, maybe you're the 10th person to just pour water on that seed. Well, finally, as that 10th person, that person finally gives their life to Christ. Think about that. So don't take it... Personally, you don't need to react in any kind of way like, you know, it, it is hurtful because um, because God lives inside of us because, you know, we're one with him. Whenever he hurts, we hurt. You know what I'm saying? So for somebody to reject him, it can feel like, look, that's a personal attack. Like, you don't want my dad. Like, you don't know all these benefits we got going on. Like, why don't you want this? So I say try not to take that personally, but just look at it from a different perspective that you just may be somebody else in line that's planting or watering that seed. But eventually, all right, 
God is not going to go back on his word at all at one point or another in due season at the right time. That person is going to give their lives to Christ. All right. So we don't have to be worried if we didn't do if we didn't do our job. All right. If God presented you somebody on a Walmart parking lot and the Holy Spirit is like, okay, well, go over there, talk to him, witness to him, pray for him, something, plant some kind of seed and you didn't do it then yeah, you might be feeling some type of way. But other than that, I would say, go ahead, shake the dust off your feet and move on because you are too pretty to be petty. Fragrance tip 101. The strength of a fragrance depends on its oil concentration. The more oil a fragrance has, the longer that fragrance will last and endure. And the same as of the spirit. I mean, you don't want to be receiving a word that's watered down like a toilet. You want that heavy healing word, that word that's going to get down in you and get some changes and correct some things kind of oil. So just think of it this way. You know that there are people who can sing. Mm -hmm, They like produce entertainment or whatnot. But yet there are people who are anointed to sing. They got that oil that produces light, the presence and the power of God. Selah. Segment three, the gospel. The word gospel literally means good news. We as disciples are to share that good news in whatever capacity that we can. I mean, the good news is exactly this, that Jesus was crucified on a cross. Jesus died for our sins, for our shame. He was buried, okay? Buried, buried for three days. And God ended up raising him from the dead. And all this is good news simply because we are born into sin from the moment, you know, from our mother's womb. And because of that, we come here all broken. We come here with no relationship with God, being anti-God, actually don't want to have nothing to do with God. And we have this void that can only be filled by God. Now, we try to make all this effort to fill it with men, women, money. Uh, career, sex, addictions of all kinds, all this stuff to alleviate the pain to try to mend or medicate uh, this pain that we have going on. But only the great physician, only Jesus could do that. Now, Jesus, who knew no sin, he became sin for us so that we can become the righteousness of God. All this is good news. That's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. But to note that he died one time, for everybody, all right? One time, he died once and for all. That's the gospel. We don't have this eternal death. When we confess um, with our mouths and, and believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead, at that moment, we are saved. We have eternal life. We now can have a relationship with God again. We can go to God for anything. God ain't sitting up there mad and angry at us. Ain't no wrath, you know, coming our way. Now, as a father, like with any parent, we going to get disciplined when we doing the wrong thing. When we supposed to be, you know, on a certain path and, you know, we veer off. But we are still loved, loved unconditionally. We don't have to be walking around with all this guilt and shame and all that because Jesus already took care of that. He handled business. That is the good news. 
All right. We don't have to go around seeking to fill some kind of void because we have it filled with the fullness of God who's living inside of us. This is this is it just don't get no better than this. And this is the kind of good news that we should be sharing with others. But as far as the gospel and, you know, with people not wanting to receive it, well, we already know how to handle that, but we should still be about our business as in sharing it and living the example, being a testament to what God has done. But I also want to include this, that whenever you are witnessing um uh, and somebody wants to know more information or you just simply ask them, hey, have you received, you know, Jesus in your life or would you like to? However way that comes about. Here's an example of a prayer to pray with them. And you can tell them, you know, repeat after me. But Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I know I need a savior. I'm tired of living like I'm living. I know without Jesus that I'm lost. I believe your word, I confess with my mouth, and I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. I believe, and I invite you into my heart and my spirit to come live inside of me. Thank you for forgiving me. I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it. That's it. And if you pray that prayer with them, go ahead and rejoice with them. Congratulate them. You know what I'm saying? Go out for coffee or invite them to the church or invite them to some kind of event. You know, just love on them because at that point, they're extremely vulnerable. And because you just shared the good news, you know, Satan is mad. You know, he is angry. You know, he's going to do all he can to put up all kinds of distractions to keep this person from taking another step. So um, go ahead and just welcome them to the family. It's time for Perfume Capris. Yes, this is my favorite part of the show. We get to talk about inspirational testimonies of how God has showed up and showed out. And let me tell you that God has outdone himself with this one. Let me let you in on Miss Kaylee's testimony. So this happened back in Benton, Arkansas. Uh, Miss Kaylee was a 12-year-old girl at the time, and she was playing at a water park. Well, at this water park, she ended up being infected with a brain-eating amoeba. And with this amoeba, this specific kind, it feasted on her brain tissue. It was a 99% chance that this would be fatal for her in North America because only two people, two, only two people had ever survived it. And with it being 99% fatal, that's a 1% survival rate. So she's already got all these massive odds stacked up against her. But you know what? Our God does his best work and seems like the worst of the worst situations. But let me continue on. The doctors ended up filling her body with all these antifungals and antibiotics, but she was later medically induced into a coma. Why? Well, it was to reduce all this brain swelling that she had and to lower her blood pressure. But on top of that, the girl was on a ventilator. And on top of that, she had failed kidneys. Just wow. They say the disease, this brain-eating amoeba, that like once symptoms actually started, 
uh, anywhere between day one and day 12, because that's all you had, it was a guaranteed death. So the situation is ripe. It is absolutely perfect for God to stunt. Do you hear me? Now, Miss Kaylee, she was in a hospital for eight long weeks, but you know this, she became survivor number three. Hallelujah. The girl ended up graduating high school class of 2020. Satan ain't stopping that train. Do you hear me? God got massive. God got big plans for this girl. So let's rejoice with her. I mean, doctors don't know why she lived at any one point. They will tell you that she's not supposed to be alive at all. But you know what? We know why she lived. Because our God is still a God who performs miracles. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for being good. Thank you for saving her life. Thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have for Miss Kaylee. Thank you that she's going to bring glory to your kingdom, God. Thank you for protecting her, Father. Thank you that that weapon that tried to form against her didn't prosper. And you know what, y'all? We got to rejoice with my sister. We got to give God praise for that. Just to recap, you know that we are just too pretty to be petty. I mean, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and we can't let all this fruit of the Spirit just be pushed to the side. So just refrain, okay? Just refrain from taking off your crown for any sort of foolishness when it comes to debating the Word of God or arguing the Word of God or somebody may not receive and they reject the Word of God. You know what? If they don't receive you, if they don't hear the Word of God, the gospel that's being told to them, just shake it off like Jesus said, like Jesus did, like many of the disciples did before us. So just don't take it personally, but love on those people from a distance because you never know if you are sixth in line or number two in line just to keep planting and watering that seed anyway because we know that God's going to make it grow. We know that God is going to draw them when it's the right time. So you just keep doing what you're supposed to as a disciple, you know, go into the lives of wherever God leads you. And you know what I'm saying? You've done your part. But tune in next week as we talk about carnal candy. Yeah, it's deceptively sour, although it seems so sweet. Thank you for listening to Perfume Inc. with Robin Smith, a woman's discipleship podcast for every daughter of Christ who wants to be properly fragranced for any occasion. We pray this message was a blessing to you. Subscribe, review, and share. Sisters don't let sisters shout alone. Or text PERFUME to 21000 to join the praise party.